Wins last night for Hudson O'Neill and Matt Shepard. News from Sides Motorsports and Reinbold Underwood, plus a preview of tonight's Outlaw Show at Bloomsburg. All of that coming up today. Let's go. Today is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. We're going to jump around to a bunch of different stuff today. We've got some news items to talk about, some race results. Uh, I've got some thoughts about formats. Uh, So let's kick things off with the news items. And actually, before we do that, I've made a few upgrades to my equipment this week, including a new microphone that you might notice here uh, and some other kind of technical bits that will allow for more images and screen sharing during these shows. You've probably already seen a little bit of that this week. So let me know what you think. I'm going to kind of do some more experimenting with camera positions and some different stuff over the coming days. Uh, So if you hate something or you really like something, feel free to let me know in the comments. Also, I apologize for my voice today. I'm a little bit congested. Uh, Now on to the news. First up, we did get that announcement from Sides Motorsports yesterday about their driver for the remainder of the 2022 season. And I'm not sure any of us uh, really saw this one coming. Washington driver Robbie Price will get behind the wheel of that car starting Friday at Attica while Jason heals up from a hip injury he's been dealing with in recent years. Sides is hoping to get things fixed up uh, on his hip later in 2022 and hopefully be back for Volusia in 2023. He told Jeremy Elliott that they talked to several drivers, but went with Price because he was, quote, the only one who could bring something to the table other than a couple of Australians, unquote. Take that for what you will. Price was the 2017 Skagit Track champion and ran last week out in California with the NARC series at Tulare in Hanford. He hasn't uh, appeared with the Outlaws since Eldora in September of last season. I've got 29 races uh, for Price with the Outlaws in the database since 2017. He has a best finish of 13th at the Silver Dollar Speedway last season. It's a great opportunity for Price to get some more starts with the Outlaws, but with his limited experience, uh, limited experience and past results, I wouldn't expect this team to run a whole lot different than it has with Jason in the seat in the coming uh, kind of weeks and, and months here with the Outlaws. And another word of Outlaws news, the Gold Cup Race of Champions at Silver Dollar Speedway is getting bigger this season under that new promotion group of Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson, and Colby Copeland. The event is moving back to three days with drivers accumulating points over the first two nights to set up action on the final night. They'll then race for 25,000 to win and 2,000 to start. With these three taking over the track, you figured it was only a matter of time before changes like this came to to the Gold Cup. This is kind of the the crown jewel event of that racetrack, so you figured they were going to kind of do some stuff like this. The Gold Cup is part of the fall West Coast swing for the Outlaws, and the new dates are September 8th through the 10th. We'll now have three races during that fall stretch for the Outlaws that pay more than $20,000 to win. The uh, Gold Cup joins the Tarleton Classic and the finale at Skagit in that category. For more on the event news, head over to worldofoutlaws.com. And we've talked over the past few days about Tanner Thorson leaving Reinbold Underwood Motorsports, and that team announced yesterday that California driver Mitchell Moles will pilot their non-wing car this weekend with USAC at Terre Haute. Moles is running a midget this season for Chad Boat and has relocated east as he chases more racing this season. He's currently third in the national midget standings, and this will be his series debut with the national sprint cars. He's definitely a talented driver, and I like that the team is taking a chance here on a young driver. So over to some racing stuff from last night at Marshalltown for the Flow Racing Night in America Late Model Series. We got a fun show with Hudson O'Neill eventually coming out on top for his first late model win of 2022. He used a slider uh, on race long leader Ryan Gusson to grab the top spot on lap 30 and held on over the final 20 circuits to bag the victory. 
Series points leader Brandon Shepard finished second. Mike Marler was third. Gustin slipped to fourth at the end. And Tyler Erb was fifth. We had a wild moment partway through the feature when Ricky Thornton Jr. slipped over the high side of the racetrack in turn one and ended up rolling out of the ballpark. He ended up on his lid. He was all right afterward, but that team will likely have some work to do to get the 20RT ready for this weekend's Lucas shows. And after the home track race for Gustin, he then had to beat feet to Pennsylvania as he's a full-time outlaw driver. And they race tonight at Bloomsburg Fair to start a three-race Pennsylvania swing. I think it's something like 900 miles. Gustin is currently fifth in the outlaw standings and still looking for his first career win with the series. The Flow Lay models go quiet now for a few weeks. They will return to racing on June 1st at Tri-City Speedway before basically going on hiatus for the rest of June and July. They don't pick up again until August 2nd at 34 Raceway. But I, all the people out there that were kind of advocating for Marshalltown, a great job from all of you. I thought the racing was really good there last night. I know Blake Anderson is a big Marshalltown guy as well. So uh, hopefully we get to see more big shows from that racetrack. Uh, and since we're talking late models, let's take a look at tonight's World of Outlaws show at Bloomsburg. It will be the series' first trip to the track, and Dennis Herb Jr. comes into the weekend with a 98-point lead over Max Blair for the Outlaw Championship. Tanner English is 128 points back in third, and Tyler Bruning is 134 back in fourth. Those four remain the only drivers kind of really within a reasonable margin of the lead. Everybody uh, from Gustin in fifth on back is more than 200 points back at this point. Blair has a ton of laps around these Pennsylvania racetracks, having spent so much time racing with the ULMS series in recent years, and he does have past victories at Bloomsburg. I really think he needs to take advantage of these three stops this weekend to close that gap up, up uh, on Herb for the title. If he isn't able to make up significant ground on the 28 over these next three nights, it could be a long summer for that 111 V team. Of the full-time series drivers, Ryan Gustin actually has the best average finish over the previous five outlaw races, but Herb leads that category over the past 10 races. Herb has had some slip-ups, though, in recent weeks, including three finishes outside the top 10. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula doesn't really seem to be able to make heads or tails about who to choose for tonight. Rick Eckert leads the way, so we'll kind of write that down as the pick from the formula, but the numbers are really close kind of all the way down the list. I'm going to go with Blair here kind of just by default. He's got experience at Bloomsburg those past wins, so I think we'll just go with him uh, as my pick for tonight. The Outlaw Show tonight will be live on Dervision with your Fast Pass. With the Super Dirt Car Series last night at Can-Am Speedway, it was a dominant performance from eight-time and defending series champion Matt Shepard. He started on the pole and led all 75 laps in a nonstop affair. He cleared fellow front row starter Jimmy Phelps kind of right away at the start and was never really challenged again. Stuart Friesen drove up from 8th to finish 2nd. Tim Fuller was 3rd. Max McLaughlin went 18th to 4th. And Matt Williamson completed the top 5. Two points races are now complete for the year and Friesen leads McLaughlin and Williamson in the standings. Shepard is actually 7th after suffering a DNF in the points opener back at Bridgeport. Next up for the Super Dirt Car Series is the Heroes Remembered 100 at Weed Sport on May 29th. While watching the Big Block show last night, I got to thinking about the length of some of these races. On the sprint car side, we're good with sometimes 25 or 30 or 40 lap features. But on the lay model and modified side, and obviously I'm talking about Northeast modifieds here, we sometimes get these 75 or 100 lap shows. And I'm wondering if we really need these races to be that long. And I know when I talk about this, sort of traditionals kind of come at me for asking this question. But why do we think we get our money's worth with far fewer laps on the sprint car side, but we need 75 or 100 lappers on the lay model modified side to feel like we get our money's worth? 
I feel like you could keep these races to 50 laps and kind of still end up with some great shows. And it, it may even kind of create some more sense of urgency for some of these guys to move forward quicker. We got lucky last night with no cautions, but I feel like some of these 75 or 100 lap shows can kind of take forever if we get cautions or tire issues. And with some shorter races, you won't get guys kind of riding around early in the night to save those tires for the end. That's why I kind of talked about that sense of urgency. But let me know your thoughts on kind of the length of some of these races and where you stand on this. And while we're on the topic of formats, I had a message uh, about this and I saw some complaints uh, on social media about the larger field format from about a week ago with the Outlaws. We had 55 cars at Lincoln last Wednesday, but after qualifying, only 40 are guaranteed into heat races. The other 15 were put into a non-qualifier race with the top four in that race, then tagging the back of the heat races. And then the rest of the cars that finished in that non-qualifier go to the night's C-Main. The message I got, and I think some of the suggestions on social media kind of seem to point that the outlaw should just run six heats and get everyone into one. And obviously, you'd have to expand the dash at that point, too. With the thought being that the non-qualifier race means guys get far fewer laps on the night. And it's actually not that big of a difference, though. If you run the non-qualifier, guys get two hot laps, effectively, two qualifying laps. They run the eight-lap non-qualifier and then a 10-lap C-main. So that's 22 laps of on-track action. If you just do heat races, you run the heat and then a B-main, you get two hot laps, two qualifying laps, a 10-lap heat, and a 12-lap B-main. So that's 26 total laps. So really only an extra four laps of competition if you go to six heats. I'm wondering if maybe folks here were forgetting that those non-qualifiers that miss the heats then also go to the night C-main. They're not done just after that non-qualifier. And I don't feel like I have a strong opinion here either way. It's not a significant difference in terms of the amount of racing guys get, and none of the non-qualifiers really advanced all that far. Tim Wagaman and Matt Campbell both made the night's B-main after moving forward a bit in their heats, but Campbell kind of was the furthest, hot, you know, was kind of the highest finish on the night, but he missed the B-main transfer by three positions. And I don't feel like all of these results would have been all that different with two more heat races. I feel like dirt racing fans kind of spend a lot of time bemoaning format setups, but my only uh, position here is that they need to be as simple as possible. Make it easy for uh, folks to understand why certain cars are in certain races. From there, the cream is always going to rise to the top anyway, regardless of how you line them up early in the night, whether you're doing heats, a pill draw, passing points, you name it, whatever. But again, let me know your thoughts on all of this down below in the comments. There are four shows on the streaming schedule today. Duravision has the World of Outlaws late models from Bloomsburg Fair. Flow Racing has big block modifieds from Georgetown and Flow 24-7. And Speedsport has weekly IMCA action from Kosuth County. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Thursday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.